This is Faithful Sayings, broadcast by the Leon Valley Church of Christ. Today's question comes from an individual who says, We are agreed that the church must help needy saints, and we want to do this. Our problem is determining genuine need, or scriptural recipients, they say. And I think this is a valid question because of some principles that Paul lays down in First Thessalonians chapter 4 and elsewhere. He says there, to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business and work with your hands, just as we commanded you so that you will behave properly toward outsiders and not be in any need. And so notice that's his intent for God's people is to uh, be an industrious people uh, and have that kind of reputation of, of a hard worker who is uh, working to support themselves and their family. So uh, verse 12 says that they won't be in any need. And then he goes a little bit further in his next letter to the same church in chapter 3 of Second Thessalonians. Uh, he talks about their own example in verse 8, that we did not eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with labor and hardship, we kept working night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of you. And he says, not because we don't have a right to this, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you so that you would follow our example. And he says, even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat either. For we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life and doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. And out of such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to work and work in a quiet fashion and eat their own bread. But do not grow weary of doing good. And so with those principles before us, it's clear that uh, Paul and that God expects his people again to be um, workers and to be those who, again, are willing to support themselves and their family. So it's not a question of ability, but it's a question of the will. Paul singles out individuals who are unwilling to work and says they need to be fed this teaching. They need to be fed, but what they need to be fed is this teaching from the Word of God. There will be no free ride for those who will not work. And he makes that abundantly clear. It sounds harsh, but it's a biblical teaching that shall not eat either. So if they're not going to pay their bills or honestly face obligations to the extent of their ability, we don't want to be guilty of enabling that. We don't want to be a guilty party by somehow encouraging their laziness. And this would include those who make bills that they know they cannot pay, who obligate themselves financially to things that they know they can't meet. And they're trying to live above their means, as we say, and then expect the church um, or individuals within a local church to subsidize them. Uh, because of their pride and their worship of mammon. And we don't want to be guilty of that. So back to the individual's question then about determining genuine need. And the Bible helps us also with that with that um, determination. And so when we consider the need being at the condition of, of want, that um, there must be some sort of measure. There has to be a norm of sufficiency that the Bible says is enough. And then anything below that, we can say, determine biblically that that person is in need. Uh, but what is enough? And so if we look in Second Corinthians chapter 8, verses 14 through 15. And so Paul here is talking about, and he's, he's encouraging the church here to give to 
uh, the, the needy saints in Jerusalem and provide for them. And he's talking about the example of the Macedonians, the brethren there who were uh, generous in their their giving for the relief of needy saints. And uh, he says, let's just begin reading in verse 12. He says, if the readiness is present, it is acceptable according to what a person has and not according to what he does not have. For this is not for the ease of others and for your affliction, but by way of equality. At this present time, your abundance being a supply for their need, so that their abundance also may become a supply for your need, that there may be equality. As it is written, he who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little had no lack. And so we have to be careful here with this text because this has often been used to... Uh, justify or to preach kind of a redistribution of of wealth principle. And that's not what Paul is saying. He is talking about equality in terms of everyone's needs being met and they're not being in need. So people give out of their abundance. In the Macedonians' case, they even gave out of their poverty in order that the needs of others could be uh, could be met. And so when we consider clothing and shelter and and food, and um, that text in Exodus 16, which Paul is citing from at the end of that that reading, which talks about um, people's needs being met according to their eating. When we consider all that, it appears that the Bible defines need in terms of what's necessary for, for life. And, and that is kind of the, the bar by which we determine if someone's in want or if they have an abundance, you know, if they have more than... You, you know that the, ne- the the necessary for sustaining life in terms of food and shelter and clothing. Well, then we could say they have an abundance, and the spectrum is is very broad, right? Obviously, some some of us have more of an abundance than others, but we all have an abundance, generally speaking, especially in this part of the world. And uh, when we don't have those things that are necessary to sustain life, again, food, clothing, shelter, then. That person, biblically, I believe, can be uh, determined to be in want. And again, this this is subject to some variation of, of judgment. But we're not going to go, we're not going to miss the the mark. I don't believe if we're using biblical standards. Um, and l- let me repeat that it's not the business of the church, the local church, to sustain a standard of living by which someone has become accustomed to. And now, for whatever reason, circumstances in their life, maybe they lose their job or, um, you know, their income is not what it used to be for whatever reason. And they're trying to maintain a standard of living that they've grown used to and saying, well, I'm in need because I can't, um, you know, afford my cable TV anymore, or my satellite or, uh, you know, something like this. Well, those those things aren't necessary for life. Right. We can cut the cut the satellite cut the cable, the Netflix subscription, those kinds of things aren't necessary to sustain life, right? They may be nice to have, but they aren't, again, necessary for me to live and for my family to live and and, and uh, survive. And so, you know, again, just using the Bible standards definition for need and what qualifies as, as need and Paul, again, is very upfront about this in those passages in, in Thessalonians that we read. So, you know, we're aware that there's difficult decisions to be to be made. It's not always as black and white, like when you're considering the wife and children of someone who squanders uh, their their living. And, and then now they're, the needs of their family are a result of 
their own poor decisions and their own sin. And so there's an emergency develops because uh, because of one particular individual through no fault of his wife or his his children. And so when you know we have to investigate as best we can. It's it's going to be difficult if not impossible. And sometimes you know you have folks who come in uh, to the local church and, and are, are visiting and claiming to be the prodigal come home and um, you know want to be restored, and it just doesn't work out that way. And out of the kindness of your heart, you give to them uh, financially or some other way in, in the interest of helping them and, and, have, and meeting their needs. Uh, but it turns out that they were just con artists. But it's it's better to keep a tender heart, even though a con artist is going to count count on that heavenly heavily. Uh, he's counting on you, ha- or she's counting on you having that tender heart uh, to get away with what they want to do. Uh, but we can, I think, still guard against that kind of abuse of charity by just trying to maintain. A relationship with those individuals and and closely observing them and and giving an honest appraisal of the fruits of their life as Jesus said that we should do right you will know them by by their fruits and there's nothing nothing wrong with that and that includes drop-in visits and so we you we want to be generous right love hopes all things we want to be charitable and give the benefit of the doubt but at the same time it doesn't mean we close our eyes to those who would abuse such generosity and those who are simply lazy, as Paul points out in, in Thessalonians, those who will not work again, they, they shall not eat. And the, the reality is, is that many folks who end up in need, um, they get that way because they don't know how to live within their means. And they don't use what they have to their greatest advantage. And, you know, one of the ways that we can help those who really want to do better is by helping them with those those kinds of decisions and, and and practical suggestions about personal habits and spending habits and making a budget and not eating out and clothing and 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 a plan for getting out of debt and things like this taking practical steps and um many people sadly just don't want that kind of help right they just want the check or the you know the cash in hand and then we're we're right back where we started. And if that's you know if there is a real need, we need to take care of that. If there's an emergency situation, but by and large, especially in this part of the world, that's not going to be the case. Um, we need to make it make it clear, as Paul I believe makes it clear in Second Thessalonians, is there's not going to be any kind of that that help that they want without first addressing some of these issues if these issues exist where you know someone's a spendthrift and they're just squandering what they have right they need what they need is the, the truth the gospel truth and god's commands for fiscal responsibility and supporting of self and and things like this and supporting a family and making that a priority and so if you and maybe we're not and maybe we're not in a position to give that kind of help you know e- economically uh, or give the advice of a financial advisor, but we can nevertheless point those individuals in that direction. And, and maybe we know somebody even within a local church. Maybe we know a, a brother or sister somewhere else who's that's their ex- expertise. Maybe they're a CPA or, uh, you know, they are a, a family um, financial counselor or teacher. 
Uh, we're privileged to have one of those in, in our congregation. So you, you can't live other people's lives for them. You can't live it against their, in their will. But the, but the truth is those who really want to improve and those who really want to rectify their situation, they're going to, they're going to want to be helped and they're going to be receptive to the kind of um, practical suggestion, biblical suggestions and commands for uh, getting out of, out of their difficult financial spot. And I just offer those as, as suggestions for, for you who, who would help a, a neighbor, you know, determining genuine need can be difficult if not impossible. And, 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 as a general rule, again, we want to give people the benefit of the doubt and we want to keep that tender heart. But at the same time, that doesn't mean we close our eyes and ignore uh, how they're using the the funds or the relief that we give them. And we try to maintain a relationship and we try to help them make better financial decisions and, and look for work and pound the pavement to get a job if that's what needs to be done. Um, but we're under no biblical obligation to support someone who refuses to work, who is simply a sluggard and being lazy and a wastrel. Uh, we're under no biblical obligation. In fact, I would argue biblically it would be sinful to do so uh, because we're only making ourselves a party to that behavior and encouraging that individual to walk disorderly. So I appreciate your your question. I appreciate uh, your your patience in, in studying this morning. If you have a question you'd like to submit, please write to Leon Valley Church at gmail.com or just use our website at leonvalleychurch.org uh, to fill out a contact form, and, and I'd be happy to hear your suggestion or question. I'm Jason Garcia, and this has been Faithful Sayings. <laughs>